It's you. Come on in. Welcome to the scum bar. Welcome to the Scumbar Podcast, Marvel Movie Marathon, where we go through the 22 films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting with Iron Man donning his first suit and ending with Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. We're going to talk Iron Man, Captain America, the Dork World, and everything in between. I'm your host, Captain <laughs> Matbrush, and with me to meet is Malekith himself. <laughs> Hi everybody, that was my Malith Kit impression while also assimilating into Joey Triviani and I'm not really sure why, but hey, it's me Anthos, how's it going? Hey Anthos, wow, that was a great introduction, I had no idea what you were going to do for that, but I'm so glad you did it. Me too. Well, I wanted to I wanted to run off your dork world thing, but I couldn't think of anything. And then when I read ahead that oh, I'm Malekith apparently, and I'm like, what does Malekith sound like? And I think he speaks some sort of like Irish but backwards. So I just uh yeah, tried to do that, and I guess it worked. Surprise me. <laughs> um okay, well, before we go any further, I would just like to say that the Scumbar podcast is going to contain spoilers for this movie and the entire cinematic universe. The universe. Yes. If you enjoy the Scumbar podcast, please leave a subscribe or a like or a thumbs up or give us a comment. Please. Please. We can use now. it. Right now. Right now. Yeah, just go on your keyboard and just type in anything. Just anything, do it. And press yeah. submit. We, like, not even to us. Just type it on your keyboard no matter what page you're on. Your voice will be heard. Yep. <laughs> Um, this week for this this week for our Marvel this, marathon, this, we're going to be this. talking about 2013's Thor 2: The Dark World. Thor Sorry. is going to the dark world. Is Thor <laughs> to the dark world? Thor to the dark world. <laughs> Starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Hopkins, and Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, Eccleston. Yeah. It was directed by Alan Taylor, who like, I I searched up a few of his movies. I think he did. Uh, one of the Terminators, Salvation, I think. Okay, that's not like. Oh, I was combining names from Home Improvement. Al, Tim Allen, oh, and Al. Tim Bundy. the Two Man Taylor. Tim the Two Man Taylor. There we go. Yeah, yeah. not Tim Allen. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without further ado, why don't you give us a brief synoposis of the movie? <clears throat> a year after Loki's. Wait, should I say the the brackets? Tom Hiddleston is gonna it's gonna uh, no, just, stunt no. my. No, you don't see the actors. Okay, let's try it again. A year after Loki's devastating alien attack on New York City, the mighty Thor, along with his friends Lady Sif and the Warriors Three, fight to save the Nine Realms from deadly threats. When Thor's girlfriend, Jane Foster, discovers a fluid-like weapon called the Aether, she unknowingly awakens the evil Malekith and his dark elf army. With this, Asgard may be facing its darkest hour. Thor forms an uneasy alliance with his nemesis Loki to save Jane, stop Malekith, and save the Nine Realms from total chaos and darkness. His nemesis Loki? That seems off. I don't think his nemesis is necessarily Loki. But Oh, so did you copy and paste this? Yeah, this is from IMDb. 
Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I that's... don't write these. <laughs> I This whole time I thought you did. What? And I, no, I just thought, no, like, wow, these are really well written. <laughs> way too much effort. I do not write these. No. Uh, <laughs> and there's, like, different people on IMDb that write them, so sometimes I scan through a few of them and find the one I like the most. Mm, but... It's kind of like a Wikipedia, or a wiki, like a what I know is, that like people just, like, submit their own stuff. Is that yeah. why? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay. Fan-created. Um, yeah. Dark Elf Army. I mean, this Thor movie is such a power fantasy movie. Dark Elf Army fighting in, like, yeah. space. <laughs> like, uh-huh. yeah. Norse mythology. It's very interesting. Very, like, mm. heavy metal is what, like, heavy metal album cover art. That's very much what I'm getting with, like, the story to this movie. Like, the movie heavy metal? The cartoon movie? Or just, like, the genre heavy metal? Just heavy or both. metal in general. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I, I kind of saw this movie as being uh wait have we seen a guardians of the galaxy movie yet no we haven't no not yet to me this felt like it was uh it was almost like a departure into more space Space. references so i think yeah if that is the case then it probably did did a good job i guess it really seemed to bridge the gap between yeah you're right yeah exactly like like making asgard less of like a god godly realm and more like a spaceport (laughs) (laughs) like a really fancy spaceport yeah no that's so true um, yeah. But it makes me think that the, the I, I have seen this written somewhere. I, I haven't actually read the article, but I saw the, the headline, and it's made me like rethink it now while we're watching Phase 2. It said that Phase 2 seems like it's in the wrong order. And now that we're watching oh. these movies, I'm like, actually, I kind of agree. I don't know because we haven't got to Guardians yet or Captain America, but I feel like Captain America almost should have come first mm. because it like shows S.H.I.E.L.D.'s demise. And that would maybe make the whole idea that these superheroes aren't helping each other during all these events make a little bit more sense. Oh. And then this movie seems like it should be after Guardians. Because you said there are some, like, Guardians transitions in it. And it almost feels like it should be, like, after we now know that there's a Guardians universe, we're now going back to see what's going on with Thor. Right. I kind of would have liked that in respect to the... Well, they probably would have had to edit the scenes, but, you know, the post credit scene. Wow, we're exactly. already jumping up to the end of this movie. I know, but... we're just kind of going... Yeah. <laughs> but because of the post credit scene with the Collector, yeah. I think that would have been... a some Something about that would have been more of a fun tease if it came after Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Also, I think... Yeah, ju- just the fact that Guardian sets up the stones. And, like, yeah. the Phase 2 is where they're really going deep into, like, the, the Infinity Stones, right? And yeah. it's like Guardians actually sets up what all the stones are. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice almost to get that before we even get into these movies. Yeah, because otherwise otherwise the post credit scene is just a whole like, oh, by the way, this is what's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Yeah, which is not as fun, at least for me as the viewer. If I if I get to have that revealed throughout a movie um, and uh, yeah, like I'm watching one main story, but uh, I, as a side note, they start building up towards these other things. I, I can keep that in mind for, for later on. I think yeah. the teasers, like they've always kind of done it that way anyway that they like to give some sort of like uh like big reveal yeah um and it's such a it really is a tease because you watch like a one minute scene and you get this big reveal and then all of a sudden you have to wait for the next movie which maybe i guess as a tactic it kind of works because it makes people want to watch more but Mm. uh i guess now that we've seen it all it makes a bit of it, it makes a different impact yeah yeah um, I will also warn you before we go into it. I definitely, it's not that I didn't enjoy this movie, but it's just that there was a lot I felt like making fun of during this movie. Cause I think there's a lot of parts I don't like in this movie. And then yeah. there's a lot of parts I really like in this movie. It's very strange. It, it kind mm-hmm. of pulls me in two directions at the same time. Yeah. So, um, before we get into that, let's get into something I just like to do beforehand where we talk about what it was like when we saw the movie in theaters. 
And all I can really remember about watching this movie in theaters is I enjoyed the Thor and Loki scenes. I remember thinking mm-hmm. this was a very much, this was a Loki movie. I don't really know why, but I remember just thinking like, oh, this was Loki's movie. And uh, so before going into it, I remember saying that to my fiance and I was like, all right, so I remember really liking Thor and Loki in this movie. So let's uh, see why. And um, now that we're watching it, I think I see why, but we'll get into that when we get into those acts. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I actually wrote a note for uh, later on, but I I kind of wrote this as like the next best chemistry after Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'll definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you remember what you were like watching this in theaters? Well, I was probably hungry when I was watching this. That's how I was like. It's a dark world like in that, there. Though. You better take some food with you. I think I was really... I was I was thrown off a lot. Uh, I think because of... Um, I don't know. There's a lot of misdirects. Oh, yeah. And I guess like I was just so focused on what's happening that I... Like when, uh, when they revealed what is actually happening like behind the facades then i was like oh wait what and then like, where are we kinda yeah. yeah uh like for example uh when loki so-and-so dies or not so-and-so when loki so-called dies is i think that's what yeah. i meant to say <laughs> um and what else i don't know there's just a whole bunch of moments where i just felt like wait what um not that the movie wasn't cohesive but i think it's it's just a matter of how uh how they're pulling focus and i think that right yeah i just got confused really easily that could just be me though well yeah. i'll say that it's not just you okay <laughs> um okay so let's Okey-lokey. get into uh what we like to do on here is we like to break in the movie into three different acts so we're gonna break into act one we're gonna start with act one i mean and uh we like to come up with little titles so what did you title your act one i titled mine priorities uh and why did i do that I think it was because it seemed like um, each character kind of had their own agenda of what was important for yes. them to, to, yeah, to like take on. That makes sense. Uh, and it was never in line with like anybody else. Like everybody had literally, they were just doing their own thing mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah. I'd agree with that. Yep. Priorities. Yeah. Um, and you, sir. I wrote Aether. I hardly knew her. Nice. Well done. <laughs> She does not belong here in Asgard any more than a goat belongs at a banquet table. Did he just... Who do you think you are? I am Odin, king of Asgard, protector of the Nine Realms. Oh, well, uh, well I'm... Uh... I know very well who you are, Jane Foster. You told your dad about me? <laughs> uh, there's not many good Jane lines at all, but <laughs> no. I actually did like that moment. It's a nice endearing moment, but... uh. I mean, I, I gotta give her something. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but this is, uh, like, the movie where Jane kind of falls off the face of the earth, almost literally. It's kind of weird, like, any kind of... She had interactions with Thor's parents, and any of those interactions to me were just, like... She seemed like a completely different character from what she's normally like when she's on Earth. Yeah. And not because she's on Earth versus being on Asgard, but it's just, like... I guess just what she is supposed to be feeling at the time, but her whole, like, attitude changes, her whole personality changes, wow. and it's kind of weird for me. I think this movie was supposed to be like a you don't know Thor yet because you didn't see the first Thor movie or something. So we're trying to reintroduce characters to you. Oh. It almost felt like that a little bit. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if that's what the studio execs thought, but it, it felt like that. But anyways, mm-hmm. we start off with a very similar to Thor 1 where we're getting a very Lord of the Rings prequel kind of introduction. Very about, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, very dark elves heavy fighting. Um, we got Norse mythology here with Odin's father, King Bor, I believe is his name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the fight where Bor ends up 
silencing Malekith and keeping the ether at bay so that nobody can get a hold of it. And Malekith's mm-hmm. army is supposedly dead. Um, supposedly. 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 Sup- supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> how many Friends references are we going to get in one Yeah, podcast? I was trying to remember the rest of the lines. <laughs> Kid, how, how do they say it? Uh, I gotta look this up. It's gonna bug me. I have to. <laughs> While you're looking it up, um, and they mention a few key things. So the Aether, Malekith, Dark Elves, they also mention the Convergence. The Convergence is the alignment of the planets. Which, uh, funny enough, we're getting a reference to a different kind of mythology, which is Hercules. If you remember the Hercules movie, it's also about the lining of the planets. And when yes. the planets align, the Titans will roam free and take over Mount Olympus. So we're getting a very similar, almost like creation story here which i i do like i think that was kind of cool um and one other thing i noticed i don't know if it's intentional but they have the um oh i can't remember what they were called but there was like a brie or it's like a, a the warriors of the dark elves when they get all like immortal and crazy they're called something they were called like the wretched or like the oh the oh the, it's not cursed is it cursed thank you cursed with a k yes. i think cursed with a mortal combat k yeah um <laughs> but i think what they were trying to go for was the immortals in 300 or uh Back ah. in like, there was the Immortals, which is like a Persian army that was yeah. known as being immortal, and they wore these crazy masks, and they go to war, and they scared people to fight. But the three hundreds would fight against them. And so mm. I wonder if there was like almost like a parallel to that army, but just little tidbits I picked up from that interesting little prologue there. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was picturing Ooze from the Secret of the Ooze, Teenage, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Why? Right. So because like they, they they start off okay like Toka and Rezar. They're like a fox and a turtle, <laughs> and then they get the ooze, and then they like transform right, into these like crazy into, super yeah. yeah. Um, but specifically later on, I forgot uh, what's like, what's his uh, what's his second hand guy's name? I just name? call him right hand man. Um, he's got sure. a name, but I did I saw it a few times on the wiki, and I was like, what? That was his name, but I I, I don't remember it ever coming up in the movie. Well, he reminds me of Shredder in the second oh, Ninja Turtles right. movie, yeah. just because of like he he starts off with one kind of like outfit, and then the he he uses he like crushes the thing, the ether or whatever. Yeah, is it? It's part of the ether, isn't it? Like it's a stone of the ether. Yeah, it's it's a Something. stone. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah, crushes it, and then it transforms his whole body, but also his outfit. And it, I think it gets like extra spikes or something, and it just it didn't make sense to me to transform the outfit. Yeah. Um, His name is apparently Algrim. Oh, okay. Never I also know him from the Mummy movies. Oh. He was one of the no, he wasn't a Magi. He was against the Magi. Anyway, uh, so I looked up the Friends reference just so we can get it out of the way and I can Good. go to sleep. Uh, so Joey, <laughs> supposedly, supposedly, did they go to the zoo? supposedly <laughs> and done nice i like it nailed it cool um okay so we got this prequel thing after the whole prequel storyline stuff is going on do you have anything to say about it that i might have missed uh no i wrote down oh there was this is probably one of the only other movies that has narration in the beginning oh yeah that's true because i think you but mentioned it for the for iron man it was uh, like iron specifically man. like past narration like i bet you're wondering how i got here Oh, like, yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, that's all like, I wrote for this one. You're right, this is narration, and so did Thor 1. It had narration from Odin as well. But this is that was like a very specific narration, first-person narration from the character talking back with you. Yeah. Almost like a Deadpool-esque kind of thing. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Anyways, um, so now we get to see Thor and friends helping Hogan and his planets get rid of some apparent 
thing, like a, a bunch of like baddies, and they were trying to get rid of them from the planet. They apparently have a name. They were called something. You mean like Hogan's army? No, no, sorry. Um, yeah, the Marauders. There's apparently like a ragtag group of invaders that are going planet to planet or realm oh. to realm and trying to wreck all the realms. And now the Warriors 3, Lady Sif and Thor are going out and eradicating them. But I was ah. like, what's really annoying with this movie is all that stuff, all that storyline is not told to you. So we're just right in the middle of the battle. We have no idea who they're fighting, why they're fighting them, but they just are fighting them. And it's kind of fun, but you don't really know why it's happening. We need more yeah. substance, I guess. He, I, I guess it's kind of passive. He mentions later to Jane explaining why he hasn't been to Earth in so long. And it's because he's trying to defend the realms that like, oh, right. there's people that are just like pillaging all different planets and stuff. Yeah. But it's well, so it's so passive. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's exactly what's happening right now. So they're fighting them. And we get our first look at um, Korg, pretty much. Not actually was... Korg, but a Korg monster. Yeah, yeah. I was going to... I wrote down... Is he a relative of Korg? He I was going to look be. it up, but I, a... I didn't... What is that race? He's from that race. Grox. Grox. <laughs> the rock race, yes. I um, I just took Korg and said it backwards. Grok. Maybe. Grok? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. That makes sense. Cool. Okay, let's go with it. They're <laughs> they're Grox. Uh, I was gonna mention this isn't such a big deal, but that the one who is carrying the fencing sword is he? Oh, yeah. Is that the same character as the previous movie, but a different actor? That's what I was wondering. Different? He looked different. He looked totally different to me, and I think it's the, it's supposed to be the Warriors Three, so it must be the same character, but maybe a different actor. I'm not really sure. Yeah, well, I know for sure it's a different actor because the other actor who plays that kind of role, he's from um, the TV show Once Upon a Time. Oh. So I like I, I can I can definitely recognize his face. In this one, it was completely different. Oh, okay. So I wonder. So it's got to be a different guy. It's very confusing. Anyway. Yeah, it looks like they recast him. I mean, they they also had like bar- barely any lines now. So, um, mm. also they all got beards. That guy used to have just like a French mustache with his rapier. Now he's got like a full on beard. And Hogan also has a beard, and then obviously yeah. the, the bigger guy has a beard, but it's just like, I was like, oh, everyone's got beards now. I almost thought Lady Sif was going to have a beard. She should have. <laughs> she definitely should have. Yeah. She has a pretty prominent chin. True. It's close enough. She could totally rock the beard. Yeah. <laughs> so after they fight and they save the realm, Hogan stays behind, they go back to Asgard, and we get a very important thing here. When they return back to Asgard, they talk to, um, what's his, what's his face? Heimdall. Oh, oh, yep. Heimdall. Um, and when they get there, I noticed something right away. I was like, wait, the Bifrost is fixed? I was like, what's yes. the Bifrost fixed? Exactly. They fixed it without us knowing. Yeah. In in the background. Some point. And apparently yeah. here's the here's the answer. Now this is on the wiki, so I thought this was really weird that the wiki actually answers this. But um apparently the Bifrost got fixed by the Tesseract. So since they have oh. the Tesseract there, they used it to fix the Bifrost. But did somebody just make that up, or that's I, supposed to be fact? That, well, that's on like the the wiki for the the official cinematic universe wiki. So, um, it's mm. annoying that nobody says that in the movie. Like, I don't know why, but uh-huh. that's that's the going theory is that it was fixed with the tesseract that they currently hold. How does a tesseract fix a rainbow bridge? I don't know. I really don't know. I can't explain the science. But apparently, Tess- that's what's in. The Tesseract is the one that is the space it's mind, stone? It's the Mind Stone or whatever, wasn't it? No, the, uh, the Mind Stone was the one in the staff that they gave to Loki. But the Tesseract was... Oh, you're right. I yeah, think that's right. the space, the tesseract space stone. Tesseract was space because it was used for teleportation, wasn't it? Yeah. Like uh, when, when Red Skull first takes it 
uh, grabs it like it opens up that whole kind of yes. like portal thing, right? And then it also opened up the portal to space where the creatures were able to come out. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So anyways, that was just a weird thing. I didn't know why that was built, but that's why apparently. Yeah. Well, I guess we just have to go with it because get... they don't give us any other information. <laughs> We get a fairly quick montage of like scenes where we get to see what Thor's life is like now in Asgard without Jane and what's going on. We get yep. a few different things. There's a celebration banquet going on. We get to see that everybody's celebrating, having a good time. I actually kind of like these scenes. It reminds me of Helm's Deep in Two Towers. Yeah. It's, it's very, like just kind of everyone chilling and like there's almost like a looming threat, but people don't totally know it yet, but they're all just kind of hanging out and having a good time. And I really like the scenery and everything. I'm just really a fan of Asgard. It, it was like in full, full, uh, full view is like full capacity going asgard so it's nice to see i think they do a good job of making that uh emotion apparent because then they i think they show thor for a little bit where he's kind of noticing the exact same stuff that that you are right like he's yeah. looking just at the scene and he's really enjoying how the people are having a good time and yeah he just seems very happy about that yes and um but i think he must have always or already been thinking about jane right like I, th I think that's what i was led to believe that he's looking at all these people who are they're happy but they're happy being with people and he's kind of like it's bittersweet for him because he's happy that they're happy but he also he longs to be with jane exactly. after after so long which is a good angle yeah. i would rather he can't go back to earth and he's banished and he's like not able to go back or, or something right i'd rather like he wants to be back on earth but he can't be that i think that'd be a little bit better than he's just there after the battle and like choosing to be with his people, I guess. I don't know. They're mm. both nice, but I just, I wish he was like forced not to. Um, and he longed to be back there more, but I do right. like that angle on Thor. I think that's nice. And I do like how Odin tries to give him some words. Odin's pretty much trying to convince him that there's Lady Sif right here who he could hang out with yeah. instead of Natalie Portman. But you know, Odin's a little bit prejudiced to his people. He wants some Asgardian blood in there. <laughs> he doesn't want mm -hmm. that yep. Midgard blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, if Thor and Jane had a kid, I wonder if it would have a half-life or if it would have, like, a full Asgardian life. It would probably be... What's the, um... Although, you know, like, Blade, for example, he's he's both vampire and human, so he's stronger than both. Yeah. So maybe that's how it would be with an Asgard and a, and a mid-guard person, human. Maybe. They would be a super guard, I guess, <laughs> or something. High guard! Uh, we get a really endearing last scene with Thor and Heimdall where they're talking about jane so heimdall's talk i really like this scene too because you got um idris elba just like really good acting talking about how you can just see everything in the universe and and talking about the stars and you see his eyes and it's just so yeah, nice and it's really cool really endearing moment i believe he takes off his helmet when talking to thor as well he does that scene. later oh maybe okay well maybe that's later then yeah um but in this moment it's just really endearing and i just heimdall's again awesome in this movie he's just always good and uh, I just love their conversation before we eventually change over to see what's going on on Earth. On in London. Ugh. Good old London. The worst parts of Thor movies are when we go to Earth to see what's happening. I know. And, uh, <laughs> it instantly starts right with Jane on a date. I guess at least for this one, they didn't spend as much time on Earth as they did with the previous one, right? True. Like, yeah. I mean, this one is called The Dark World. So if they spend too much time on Earth, then there's something wrong there. For sure. But every yeah. scene we have on Earth, it just feels like a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. She's on a date with that, go with that guy. I don't remember his name, but she's just on a date. And uh, it's not going super well. I actually kind of feel bad. Like, this dude is actually really nice. And, like, he yeah. even, like, cares about it. Like, he even notices when, like, the date's not going well. And, like, she's lying to him. And he's just like, no, like, don't worry about it. Like, he, he can tell all this and is being very honest about it. I was like, he's a good guy. 
yeah no for sure for sure and he doesn't need to be in the rest of the movie but they keep him there so that she he can be the one to call her while she's on that yes Svartal Svartalfheim Svartalfheim there was an ongoing Uh, joke with my fiance and she was reading this the synopsis to me today on a car ride and she uh she couldn't pronounce that, but she'd keep going Svartalfheim. <laughs> I'd go Svartalfheim. <laughs> just every single time. She'd be like, and then they Svartalfheim. <laughs> Svartalfheim. <laughs> it was got really funny. Just, just ongoing correction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyways, but yeah, Richard I just... Madison. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there was just way too much time taken on, on that. Like, mm-hmm. There was, I don't know, like, there was no reason for her to be, uh, I guess, in a situation where she's trying to move on. Yes, I agree. Because, like, I don't know, it's, I don't feel like we've ever gotten that need to see that in Jane for her to be with Thor, specifically. I mean, like, we, I don't know, I, I can see that there's more yearning from the Thor side, but from Jane's perspective, it's kind of like, it's so, it's so, uh... There's like a wall. I don't know. I, it's hard to it's hard to describe, but I I feel like we just didn't really need this to be happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only yeah. been like two years since she's been with Thor, and she's already moving on. Like, it, it seems really strange. It's like, okay, like, he's gonna come... He's a god. Like, it, I don't know. It just seems weird that she's just like, oh, he doesn't care about me anymore. <laughs> like, it's very yeah. weird. I don't know. And I, don't, yeah. I really don't like Darcy in this movie either. I find Darcy very annoying. She just comes in and interrupts the date and just like, she's just pu- trying to push along the plot and I appreciate yeah. that, but she just tries to make these jokes that just, I don't find super funny in this movie. So mm-hmm. I get annoyed with Darcy a little bit. Like she's got an intern now and the joke is that she's like an intern intern, but it's like, I don't know. I just, I just want to watch Thor and I'm having to watch these bumbling scientists and it's like, I don't really care as much. Yeah, no, for sure. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. <laughs> they do bring that back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she's trying to tell Jane, hey, that crazy thing that happens with your equipment, it's happening right now. And Jane's all like, oh my god, let's go check it out. And then they go check it out. So the intern intern and Darcy and Jane, they all go to the the weird... I, I call this like the Stranger Things part of the movie. It's like a mm. bunch of little children and there's like this weird like, I don't know, extra dimensional thing happening in like a weird like urban area in the street. And they just kind of, like, found it on their own. They're having fun with it. And it just felt very Stranger Things to me. They even did this, like, almost, like, Dutch angle where the camera's going down, like, a hallway and stuff. And it looked all creepy. Yeah. Like, this, this feels very Stranger Things. And Jane's all like, what's going on? Like, what, what is it? What, what, what happens? What do you do? And they're, like, showing her, like, dropping the objects. It's actually kind of endearing. It's actually kind of fun that, like, the little children found this weird, random teleportation thing. Yeah, like how how could you have possibly stumbled upon something like that? There was definitely another child that was supposed to be there that has already fallen through that portal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, he's the one that didn't come back. He died in Svartalfheim. <laughs> yes, um, and then uh, yeah, there's that small or there's that like slow dramatic reveal where the kid puts his fingers underneath the truck and Ooh, then yes. makes it float. Such a trailer shot when they were filming that they were like, "This is gonna look great on a trailer." Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, there's that. And then I do love the moment where Ian throws in the car keys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, drop. that's right. Yeah. Are those the car keys? So, <laughs> like... okay. Th- and yeah, that's one of those moments to me. There's a whole bunch of moments in this movie. I don't know why they do it in the Thor movies, but there's a whole bunch of very little, uh, little attempts to be funny mm-hmm. or like quirky. Mm-hmm. And 
I think about 80, uh, 80% of them just don't work and 20% do. Exactly. And the 20% that do remind me of the humor that I like from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, so yeah. So I, I wonder if, like, I don't know, maybe the way that Taika Waititi uh, saw it was he maybe he really enjoyed some of the humor that they tried to implement in the Dark World and then brought it to, like, his his domain uh, his domain kind of thing in, right. in that movie. It's it's a bit strange, but yeah, there were so many mo- uh, moments like that where it was just like I don't no, that's not that's not funny. Why? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I very much agree. Um, and th- yeah, this whole intro to this movie is actually quite dull. Um, it's not like boring. It's just slow, and I don't mind slow Asgard. You can do slow Asgard for a long time, but then you gotta then you gotta make it interesting. And unfortunately, going to Earth suddenly and doing all these scenes with all this gravitational stuff is just not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't really work on me. And then when Jane just is suddenly in another dimension, um, yeah. it sort of gets interesting for a second, and then she just zapped away back onto Earth. Uh, yeah, just a weird little jump scare with the the ether. And uh, mm-hmm. she gets injected in her, and then she's suddenly back on Earth, and then we've got Darcy being like, you were gone for five hours! Yeah. She went to like the hyperbolic time chamber, but in reverse. It was like the yep. hyper- hyperbolic speed-up time chamber, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I, I didn't go back to check this out, but I should to kind of... Because um, I feel like I missed something. But when the ether gets sucked into Jane, like, because it's sucked out, then that's why the, like, Malekith's ship turns on? Yes. Yeah, again, the, the wiki does explain that the newfound host for the ether causes Malekith to awaken. So he has some sort of, like, deep connection with yes. the Ether then. Yeah, it doesn't happen yet, though. She's talking to Darcy first. Darcy then says the cops are here and we're arrested. And it's not until the cops actually come closer and she kind of freaks out. And then that's when she explodes with the Ether's technology. Oh, and that's when he wakes up? That's a, Well, that's not when he wakes up. That's apparently the moment that causes him to wake up. We just see him wake up later in the movie. But apparently oh, that's th- what makes him actually wake up. That's the pulse that it sends out. I thought he woke up when, uh, like, as soon as she sucked it out or got it, got it sucked into her. Let me. Well, let me check this. According to my notes, <laughs> I'm checking. Let's see. She faint. Okay, I got it right in front of me. She fainted. Yeah. So she, it went inside her, and then she fainted, and then the next scene is showing the ship like turning on. Oh, really? So unless it turns on, but he doesn't wake up. Let's see. Nope. His eyes open. Yep. I see them. He's got eyes. But is there any lines of dialogue? No, he's just awake. Oh, I think he's just, okay. I'm sorry. I got you. Okay. I think yes. he's just shocked. The only to be reason awake. I am mentioning that is because I actually end my act one when he I say awakens from his long sleep. But what I really mean is that it's when he like actually starts talking to his companions and stuff, and they're building a plan. Oh. I say that's okay. the end of act one. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um. So there's still a little bit more I think before act one finishes. Um. So she jolts the police officer, and then boom! Instantly, Heimdall does not see Jane. I can't see her. Yeah, and then Thor's like, <gasps> yeah, and that, that's why I don't like that he like can go down to Earth at any moment, and this this moment like reveals it really quickly. So when she slaps mm-hmm. him, I'm like, yeah, that's that's about the reaction I'd have too. It's like it's really weird. It's like he just shoots down there and says, "Hey," in two seconds, um, mm-hmm. and then it's weird because he can like pick her up and touch her and all that, and there's she slaps him like she's obviously got anger and emotion, but no yeah. more of the ether is is coming up out of this like. She straight up gets angry, she sees him and slaps him, but there's no ether at all. But when a cop came by and touched her, and she had some kind of over-emotion, the ether just blew mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Like, it's not like Thor's, like, able to just stop 
the ether from blowing up. Like, I feel like there should have been almost like a little bit of like a slap and like some ether shooting out or something. Some residue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we find out later or Thor assumes that based on what happens, I think they're trying to, they're trying to scan her or they're trying to like inject her or or figure out something. And then he realizes, Oh, it's trying to protect itself. So I guess if it feels threatened, then, then it'll spark or whatever. Maybe Thor Um, wasn't very threatening. Yeah. I guess because he was just standing, he was standing there with love. That's why. And uh, so you bring up a good point. So Thor takes Jane back to the Asgardian medical care kind of facility place. And she's now lying in the bed and all that. All I could yeah. think about was um, Black Panther. I was like, it's very interesting. In Black Panther, we get to see a whole medical scene on her medical bed with like the Black Panther Wakanda kind of medical professionals. I was right. like, it's very interesting with Thor. We have like the same kind of thing. It's like our medicine is better than Earth's medicine. Like this is medicine beyond science. <laughs> and like, yeah. it's like the same scene pretty much, but just in like Asgard and like the other ones in like Wakanda. I was like, ugh. These movies, and, like, they do have a lot of parallels. And the visuals actually remind me of uh, Doctor Strange. Because oh, the yeah. way that the physicians are kind of, like, turning the mm-hmm. the dials, like, the holographic That's dials. True. It's it, very much like the turning of the wrist kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I so I wonder if there's that. some sort of, like, influence there. Not entirely sure, but, It's yeah. all connected. It is all one. Yes, it's all part of the MCU. <laughs> um, the MCU! While Jane is on a deathbed... Odin yells at her for being in Asgard. Yeah. <laughs> He's all mad that there's a Midgardian here? in Asgard. It's very strange. Like, I feel like he should have seen this coming, Like, but he's very grouchy in this scene, um, which is also kind of fitting. I kind of like that because he should be grouchy. Uh, but He's kind of grouchy throughout the whole movie, actually. Yes, and I wonder yeah. if they're trying to just pull down the whole, like, he is a uh, like super righteous king. Because, uh, you know, he's obviously not going to last forever. And then we right. see in the uh, in the next movie that he's not even on the throne anymore. Mm-hmm. But at least with this one, it's almost like... Um, uh, it's like that transition into who's going to be the next person on the throne. Right. So maybe that's why. But it, yeah, I did notice that overall he just seemed more of a, a grouchy kind of character in this. Um, which might also... Uh, I mean, in terms of the audience being able to figure it out on their own, but later on when, uh, at the end of the movie, when Thor comes to, to talk to Odin and tell him that he wants to be with Jane, and the way that Loki as Odin is responding to him, it's not as grouchy. So I feel like that's supposed to be kind of like the giveaway. Like maybe they wanted him to be much more grouchy so that later Uh... on, if they had more scenes of Loki posing as Odin, not being as as grouchy, then we would see like, oh, something is odd here and that would make a little bit more sense. But I could be just be overthinking That's interesting, this and... though i do like that uh and yeah i do i do think that maybe odin being more grouchy is trying to play him up more to the norse mythology kind of part of it like being more like the actual odin mm. um and actually on that note there's something we forgot too is that loki is imprisoned uh as soon as we get he's back from uh new york from his battle there yeah. on new york he actually got imprisoned and i just want a side note there that's actually part of the norse mythology storyline um loki gets put into a lifelong banishment where he's imprisoned and his wife is there and he's um he has he has like a bunch of different children one of loki's children is a giant serpent and the giant serpent has fangs that are poisonous and when they drop and they hit loki's skin when he's he's chained up he shakes Mm -hmm. and he shakes so strongly that the earth shakes so they say all the earthquakes that we have in real life are caused by loki shaking in prison um and his wife is there and she's got a big bowl trying to hold all the poisons so it's not touching Loki. and uh it's a very um good tale for norse mythology and it leads up to Ragnarok, 
So he's mm-hmm. imprisoned until the day he releases. Then him and his children and all of all of his army will go, uh, go with Hel, his daughter, and they'll mm-hmm. go up to go to Asgard and go start Ragnarok, which is very yeah. interesting. So the next movie being Ragnarok, it's funny how in this one they actually do have Loki on a lifetime imprisonment. And I just, I'm assuming that they did have that in mind, some kind of that Norse mythology connection, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. I think that's kind of cool. It wasn't done the same way as the Norse mythology, obviously, but neither are these movies. So it was just cool to see something like that done. Yeah, I, I would have actually loved to see um, more of like Loki's lineage. Like his, because he has, like all of his kids have some kind of, not like disability, but uh, quirk about them. Definitely. So yeah, there's a serpent. Yeah. There's one that's like a giant wolf or something, right? And then Fenrir, his daughter, yeah. Fenrir, yeah. And his, Which Fenrir uh, does appear in Ragnarok, doesn't he? Does he? Is there not Fenrir in Ragnarok? Oh, wait. Why can't it? Does he show? Maybe I'm. No, maybe that's just me thinking that. Hold on. For some reason, I feel like Fenrir was in. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's possible. Hulk, yeah, Hulk fights Fenrir, right? Oh, okay. Is he not? He's a giant wolf that Hulk has to fight. I believe. <laughs> maybe I'm oh, totally. I'm pretty oh, sure there's a giant wolf and Hulk. That's fights right. Him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. So he's not really done in the Marvel movies again, like he is in the, the mythology. But yeah, all of Loki's yeah. children are these huge beings that uh are just like evil beings and you're right he's almost like a price he pays for all of his wicked deeds Mm -hmm. well i'm just gonna pretend that fenrir in thor ragnarok is loki's son yeah me too i do the same thing (laughs) (laughs) um okay so now that i made that side note uh moving on so there is jane's on the medical bed and then she ends up attacking the staff and that's when odin realizes this must be the ether he recognizes the ether right away from the children's stories that uh, his son his father would read so yeah. then he reads a children's story to his child. <laughs> yeah. As he elves. should. Of course. Yeah. I know exactly what this is. I read it in a children's story about the dark elves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's there all it is. true. Yeah. yeah. All of it. Uh, there it is. It's the, 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 what's it called? The ether. And yeah, he's like, yeah, it must be the ether and it's back. And then mm-hmm. Jane's all like, can you get it out of my body? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> are you worth it i don't know i don't know i'm not sure maybe are you gonna stay with my son because <laughs> if you are um and then i'm almost at the end of my act here i don't know where you ended yours but uh, i just have one more scene where frigga visits loki and talks to him i actually my my act one ends um just after frigga like pretty much after malekith's like invasion so that's what I originally had. I did change it last second, so I have no problem going into that. It's totally okay. Um, uh, I can go over. Well, I, I, I mean, our scenes are still going to be the same, but it's all good. Um, I was going to mention that when. Um, wait. Okay. So your act one ends when Frigga is talking to Jane. Do you say? No. 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 After Frigga talks to Loki. Oh, to, she talks oh, to like Loki in the good. prison cell. Mm, right. Okay. And then there's a scene where Malekith is like talking to his guards and he talks to the one dude and convinces him to get the stone yeah algorithm what was his name i don't remember something dumb i'm not scrolling up to find al it. al gore al gore yeah yeah um <laughs> so i really like all the scenes with loki in like imprisoned me too oh man the one with him and, and his just... mom is a very good scene there the the dialogue between them and the fact that she tricks him in the end and she is able to trick him is yeah. just insane. Like, I love that moment. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston is, like, really acting his heart out in this movie. Yeah. Like, Loki, where do you think you get it from? But, <laughs> like, so there's there's that scene and then the scene later on when uh, when Thor sees 
like he's all like disheveled oh yeah you know like luke that's is so such distraught a great moment um but then oh but there's that one brief scene before that like after he finds out that freaking was killed that he like has this like surge of anger and power and mm-hmm. like the things around him just get like flown away um which i feel like is a power that we don't normally see from loki right yeah for sure so uh yeah i just oh, i loved every scene of him imprisoned it's just so so powerful he's very a good well guy done. to be imprisoned yeah good, um, good for tom hiddleston for being able to portray those uh those moments really good yeah especially since that's what he did in avengers as well was he was imprisoned so he's he's good at being in prison he knows how to do it yeah <laughs> true um yeah so yeah so i guess jumping along then so malicus we get the scene where malicus right hand man takes the stone buffs himself mm-hmm. i just call it buff because i don't know what else to call it it's very similar to <laughs> it's a buff yeah <laughs> so it's like a league of legends buff he's got about 10 minutes on it i actually yeah. did think it was like a very quick like suicidal buff thing like i thought he was gonna burn up and die it looked like it right yeah. yeah and then it was weird that he was still in the scenes and i was like what's going on like he's not gonna die yet <laughs> like yeah what's even weirder is after he buffs himself you're like okay so how does he get to asgard and then they're like you're wondering this like how is he gonna get to asgard and then suddenly mm-hmm. it just shows a bunch of ragtag people come in to asgard and he's just one of them and you're like wait wait what i felt like we were missing a scene there of yeah like, so smartly getting into asgard but no we missed that yeah so he just he just happened to be just there like they happened to be on the planet where they decided to like imprison people there's a lot of it just happened to be that way in this movie um but that was one of them and then uh he begins the attack on asgard what do you think about the attack on asgard i it reminded me of star wars yes and (laughs) this yeah like quite a bit um what did I really like? Oh, actually, there were there were a few references or things that I I kind of thought of Star Wars for, and it's when uh, let's see, when Thor and Jane they're on some sort of balcony, and the background behind them is just all it's yep. really nice. Asgard. I just now the Portman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just totally thought of Anakin and Padme when they were getting married. They're on that balcony, and behind yeah. them it's just like Naboo or something, and it's like really nice. No, women, no, right? it's because I'm so in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What else? Uh, just running through my notes. Oh, so the other moment with Loki in prison when the dark elf, um, when Al Gore mm, is trying to pick that. like who he wants to like uh, break free to cause more havoc, and he has that stare down with Loki, mm-hmm. and then uh, decides not to take him out. But Loki is he's like kind of grinning at him, right? Like he kind of he knows what's going on. Oh yeah. And then uh, Loki kind of takes advantage of it and says something like, uh, you might want to take your first left or something like that. Yeah. Or the stairs on your left. And uh, yeah, it's just like Loki's uh, Loki's ability to take advantage even when he's imprisoned. And yeah. it's just, yeah, oh, I just love it. And you're um, constantly wondering what he's calculating, what he's thinking, but he looks so suave while doing it. It's just so good. I love it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, uh, so I have it right in the background so that I know, but another moment when he, like, as soon as chaos breaks out and he's just on the floor sitting, leaning back, reading a book. Oh, yeah. And, like, everybody's just, like, dying outside and he just, like, it just <laughs> couldn't, he couldn't care less, right? It's really funny. That's a that's a good funny moment to me, anyway. Yeah. Um, I really, really liked when Heimdall figured out last minute that oh, there's some sort of invisible yes. shit infiltrating. And he just Such books it like no scene. hesitation, yeah. just runs, jumps off the Bifrost and onto like Dives. the bridge yeah. uh, side, like uh, like structures, yeah. the supports, runs up and then takes out a couple knives and just jumps oh, at it. And it's like, so oh man, Why is I, want, the best I want character. more of this. He's just so I cool. I want a Heimdall movie. 
If they told yeah. me it was a Heimdall movie, I'd be like, yes, please. I would love a Heimdall movie. I would totally watch it. Oh, that's so cool. Like, it would probably be, like, the origin of Heimdall, like, how he became that character, but mm. that would probably be so cool. Because then we'd probably get to see his, like, his uh, his Jedi Master who taught him how to be like that, right? True. Like, how did Heimdall become Heimdall? Who taught him? So, yeah. Yeah, so I think, like, in terms of the invasion and stuff, uh, I guess my 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 concerns are that considering in the uh how was it thousands two thousand years ago i think is when they had that war between um five thousand uh, like when yeah, five thousand oh, yeah yeah so i mean like there were so many dark elves there was like a huge army this time there's a lot less because most of them have died off right yeah and i guess it's just because they they have the surprise factor that they're able to deal so much damage to asgard and the peoples but at the same time, I feel like it's so it's so calculated. Like, how could they have known that much info yeah. on Asgard if they've all been, like, asleep, like, in cryogenic sleep this whole time? Yeah, I almost wish it was a bit a bit more chaotic, maybe, on their part of you. Like, more, like, suicide bomber-ish. Because I feel yeah. like that's their last desperate attempt anyways. That's really all they've got. But you're right. A lot of it is, like, planned to the T, like, exactly how they would get in there, so... Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I could see that, sure, Malekith seems like the kind of person who could be calculative, but or calculating, but it, it just doesn't seem like this would have been, like, it wasn't right for that to happen at this moment. I agree. So it was, uh, yeah, it just worked out almost too well, even though at the very, actually, no, yeah, that's that's exactly why. So at the very end, like, they don't get exactly what it is that they want, um, because they're looking for the ether and they they don't get it. But in the meantime, everything else is working perfectly for them, except yes. for the end, when Malekith actually gets involved, which is like, really? Like, that's so, it's so weird to, to see that, um, uh, that order happening. You it know? would actually make a little bit more sense if this whole battle happened maybe at the end of the movie, and this was the climax of the movie. Like, you could have, like, people yeah. having sword fights on, like, one of the bridges or something like that, and, like, space battles going off, you know, and then there's, like, the main hall where things are going around. But, like, since this is the middle of the movie, it's a very strange, calculated battle for what seems like his first attack. And, yeah. Uh, his first attack on Earth might make more sense, and then the next one just happens to be in Asgard. I think I would have liked yeah. that better. Yeah, it happens to be backwards, where we have to have the final battle on, on Earth, Earth, even though it's called Thor the Dark World. I know. In London. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Greenwich, as we'll get there. I, uh. I mean, maybe maybe we're missing something. Maybe people call London the Dark World? Maybe. Because that could be... That's probably they called the Dork World. We'll see. They, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then, in amidst all this battle, we get a, sw- a switcheroo, a swaparoo, switcheroonie, where they think that uh, Jane Foster is in the room with Frigga. Mm, yep. And they go to kill Jane Foster. Turns out, ba-bang, she's not actually there. Oh, she's actually Loki, because she's not really, because she's just tricking you, and she's just a hologram. Woo! Any, any kind of hologram, I just take it as, like, oh, it's Loki. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Frigga, unfortunately, gets killed. She does not give up where Jane is, but she does get stabbed. In the meantime, she totally could have killed Malekith, if not for Al Gore. I was thinking that same thing. So I think it's really cool getting to see Frigga in that in that setting, because I think that's something we... I, I didn't expect at all. Me too. Like, she seemed like the... Not like the damsel in distress kind of person, but she didn't seem like the kind of person who would be so well-versed in being able to... Uh, to fight that well right so i I, I thought that was kind of cool um what happened oh right i was gonna mention that the uh um the dark elves destroy the asgard arc reactor 
and that's how the shield came down. Oh, right. And then yeah. that's how they were able to, like, infiltrate yeah. even more. And The shield's yeah. down. That little droid did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, more Star Wars. Yeah. And then, uh, so then Frigga is killed, and then Thor immediately smashes Malak's face with the lightning. I do like that moment. It's, like, no! right away. Like, yeah. Yeah. So cool. immediate. Mm-hmm. And I love how he throws his hammer to no avail, but I just love how he throws his hammer a lot in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, he totally does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah. So for me, the end of Act One is uh, just after Loki, like he turns away from the camera and then has that like mm. short burst of energy. And then for me, that's the end of Act One. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I will end Act One there as well. Uh, that's a good place to end it, and that's where I was originally going to end it. And we'll cool. get into Act Two. Cool. Which I named, um, sorry, my dog's just making noises and it's kind of funny. Um, (laughs) so act two, I named the great escape. Cool. From his long sleep, from his slumber. Uh, I called mine, it's actually hard to pronounce, but I called it Thorn off. Thorin. Thorin off. Thorin. It's supposed, it's supposed to be like thrown off. Oh, but the O and the R are switched because the movie is called Thor. Uh, so it's just a really bad attempt at humor. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I was I was mentioning earlier how I was thrown off by a whole bunch of things, like I was like misdirected, blah blah blah. Um, and why was that? Oh, I think so. It has to do with some of the characterizations, like the parallels. So, for example, between Odin and Malekith, like for for Odin, who's supposed to be kind of like the wise king who makes uh, great good choices for his empire or for his people mm-hmm. um but he i think in the past like he did or he was willing to do exactly what malekith was willing to do which right. was like you know sacrifice people for the sake of i guess for the rest of the people but still sacrifice is sacrifice um and then why else was i thrown off oh i think because of uh thor's plan um like of, it went one way yeah. like he was so he was he had the brains for some reason in this moment where he he planned how the treason would go he planned the whole heist yeah yeah so yeah so moments like that which is why i have that title thrown off did she suffer i did not come here to share our grief instead i offer you the chance of a far richer sacrament go on i know you seek vengeance as much as i do you help me escape asgard and i will grant it to you vengeance and afterward the cell. You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. What makes you think you can trust me? I don't. Mother did. You should know that when we fought each other in the past, I did so with a glimmer of hope that my brother was still in there somewhere. That hope no longer exists to protect you. You betray me, and I will kill you. Hmm. When do we start? <laughs> nice. Uh, I love them in yeah. this movie. That's yeah. they're really the only redeeming factor for this movie. They're the only yeah. reason why this movie's good, so... It's all I can remember this movie from the theaters, and it held up. Watching it, I was like, yeah, the rest of this movie's not that fun. But Thor and Loki are definitely fun, and we only get it for this little bit. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Um, give me a few seconds. I'm going to put my dog just outside of the room, because since I'm here and not paying attention to her, she's starting to get all moody. But if I put her outside, Koba. then she'll be fine. <laughs> okay. So, hold on. Two seconds. Okay. So, 
Um, yeah, so I called this the heist movie part only because it's very similar to a heist because Thor is all like trying to, like you said, he's planning everything. It's very unorthodox for Thor. He's trying to create this whole idea of how to sneak Jane away and get her to Svartalfheim. Svartalfheim. <laughs> so um, Thor goes to Loki and we get the scene that we just portrayed in our mm -hmm. reenactment. Yeah. Um, good scene. I really enjoy it. I do like how, like you mentioned earlier, when Thor comes to Loki, he says, no more tricks, brother. And then, like, Loki just gets rid of the facade, and suddenly he's sitting there, and there's, like, all just a wrecked room all around him. Yeah. So oh, good. man. It's just, just seeing that was, I think, well, specifically after, like, Thor, like, it, just knowing that Thor was able to see through it, like, right away. Yeah. Right? Like, there was just no hesitation. He knows his brother... Like, they're not blood, but that's how tight they are, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's why they work so well together. Yeah. That he's able to see that. And so, yeah. Um, oh, man. When he... I think I really felt it in the theater and probably every time I watch it. As as soon as the facade comes down and you just see him just hair looking all greasy and he's just so defeated. I'm like, oh, I feel it too. Yeah. Like, I really feel it. Yeah. That's really well done. It's like action speaking a lot of them words. It's just very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we get a nice scene. This is actually where I believe Heimdall takes off his helmet and Heimdall and Thor are talking over drinks, it looks like. And Heimdall says, like, you're asking me for treason and all that kind of stuff. He says, what, what you're asking me is, is an act of treason. That's like, my job is not to have treason around here and stuff. So mm. very nice moment, though, with, uh, again, Idris Elba. But he takes off the helmet so we get to actually see him as Heimdall instead of with his crazy gear on. Yep. I think, um, I'm not sure if it... Uh, already passed but then oh we have our stanley cameo which happens when eric is in he's like in a home or something oh and yeah he's, he's going over about how like uh how all this stuff is works and then stanley what does it say eric selvig. i have my shoe back yeah okay my shoe like back that? yeah that's eric selvig dr eric selvig and he's just uh yeah he's going crazy in that place I like the earlier scene, actually, we mentioned, too, where he's at Stonehenge and he's running around naked. Oh, yeah. It's I, it's not funny, but it's interesting to know that that's where Eric ended up after <laughs> Avengers. I kind of like the progression. I think that he's just, like, gone, like, start crazy. Oh, I also think the idea is that he starts naked in this movie, and then he acquires underwear, then yeah. he acquires a shirt, a shirt, and then he gets pants. Yeah. So he slowly gets clothed he's throughout the movie. Getting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so then, uh, Thor gets his whole gang together to get the whole idea planned and ready. Um, and then Heimdall has to tell Odin of treason. That's how the plan actually starts. Mm -hmm. So there's been treason. <laughs> yeah, actually, what and does he say? He's like, forefather, there's been treason. He's like, treason? And he's just like, he's like, yes, and it was me. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, oh, how does he say it? Uh, it might take me a while to find it. Is my own. it. But as I'm brushing through, is this just past the? Is this after the moment where um, where Thor and Loki are walking past or walking down the hall, and then uh, Loki he's like changing into different. Oh yeah, yeah. He's that's, like shape shifting, right? That's so on their way to, to the ship. Yeah, I do like the yeah. shape shifting moment. That's funny. Yeah, because um, I re I I really like when he turns into Captain America. Okay. Yeah. And we get that cameo, but then like just it's so funny just hearing him talk when he's Chris like, Evans like. Like ah, this is tight, and like he's talking about all the all the ways to be like all super righteous and stuff like that, and it's just it's just really funny. Like, it's a really good moment. It's also it's just nice to see Captain America in like a fun role like that at that moment. Yeah, uh, this costume is a bit much. So tight. Yeah, but the confidence—I <laughs> can feel the righteousness surging. 
It's, yeah. <laughs> it's great. That's good. And then yeah. I like um, Thor and Loki going up onto the ship. Oh, I, I do like the touch where Loki, uh, he keeps getting told by Thor's friends. He's like, and if you harm him in oh. any way, if you cross yeah. him, it's like, what, yeah. you'll kill me? It's like, I yeah. think there's a line. Uh, apparently there's a line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's just, it's nice to have. So, yeah, with all the those bits of humor that I was talking about throughout the movie, I think maybe the one of the reasons why they're so unnecessary is because we get a good amount of humor from loki Mm -hmm. like it's in a different element right because it's more it's more just uh uh like the other ones are kind of just like situational based but just like minuscule situation like it's just like let's add this in to make it funny yeah but for for loki it's like that's that's his character that's his response so when we get it from him then it's almost like it'll be heightened if we're we're not so focused on like oh where else are we gonna get comedy from like we we get plenty from him and uh yeah it's so I, I just, man, I'm kind of starting to think that Loki might be my favorite character for the movie. We'll find out. We'll see. We'll find out after, at the after, end. After we talk some more. Yeah. Um, when Thor and Loki get onto the new ship, the Dark yeah. Elf ship, and Thor is going to drive it, there's some really good banter between Thor and Loki there where Thor doesn't, like, Thor's just like, shut up. <laughs> He's just trying yeah. to, like, figure out how to drive this yeah. stupid ship. Loki's yeah. like, do you know how to drive this? <laughs> like t- didn't he say something like you have to like touch it lighter or something and he's like i'm touching it lighter and he like presses it harder <laughs> something like that i don't know it's yeah. pretty funny it's yeah. very good i do like it but little yeah. do we know as the audience that this is all part of the plan for thor to just totally wreck this random ship um he cuts off the head of his grandfather the statue yep which was actually boar so that makes sense because it ties back oh, to the original part of the movie um right yeah. So with those weird slicer ships, he ends up cutting off the statue head. And then at last second, Thor, Loki, and Jane all dive out of the ship. And they land in one of those little pod racers. Yeah, like a water speeder. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. very Star Wars. This ship looks very Star Wars. It's, it's, it feels like it should yeah. be on the sand dunes in uh, Return oh, of the yeah, Jedi. Oh, yeah, yeah. At Jabba's Palace or something. It's very just like a weird little like skimmer. Um, yeah it's totally like that i don't know why but i really like how loki holds the thing and he's like to drive and he's like holding the stick thing and he's got this weird little stance he looks so happy too he's just like free <laughs> yeah what is the words um uh because like thor's concerned that they're not going to make it into wherever he's trying to go yeah and he's like, are you say, sure like, about oh. this and he's just yeah. like if it were easy then everybody would do it or something like yeah, that. yeah exactly yeah yeah he's like it doesn't look easy and he's like if it were easy anyone would do it yeah exactly. everyone would do it yeah and then they go in which is good it's- so then are we supposed to, is this supposed to be showing us that like the whole time during the Avengers, whenever he was getting out of Asgard, that it was through this passageway? Like, I'm it must assuming, be this, right? unless there's yeah. more, there's probably more than just this one. I think Loki knows a few of them. It sounds like, yeah, because he did mention, I think he mentioned in the Avengers movie that uh, there are plenty of secrets that you don't know about or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Talking to Thor or to Odin, maybe? I think yeah. he mentions the Heimdall at one point, but. Oh, right. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, yeah. But still um anyways yeah so then they uh, they do the ship switcheroo and they take a portal into svartalfheim svartalfheim svartalf svartalfheim (laughs) 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 and then we get uh loki and thor trying to proceed into their plan where they see malekith and his dark ship thing Mm -hmm. um and we get a little moment where Thor and Loki appear to start arguing over Jane. Also, Jane's having a weird Frodo Baggins kind of moment where she's all like, he is here, and like he feels my ah. presence. And like, yeah. <laughs> she, she gets really like Frodo-esque. It's very strange. It's like, he can feel the ring. 
Yeah. Um, there was something I was going to say about when when Jane gets all, like... Oh, it was probably just earlier when, when she was getting infected or there were, like, these weird scenes of her kind of just, like, looking about. It reminded me of, like, emo Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man, like, the third Spider-Man movie. Oh. Something something about her just, yeah, it just reminded it's me of off. that. And I get kind of, yeah, it is kind of off. I get weird, I get weird vibes from, from Natalie Portman. Or maybe just Jane's character in this. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if she wasn't trying hard enough or, <laughs> or the writing was bad or I have no idea, but it just didn't work. Yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Bit of, bit of pile A, bit of pile B, yeah. Um, so then Laura, uh, Loki, Laura and Thoki, um, they have a little fight. <laughs> yeah. They have a little Loki fight. Um, yeah. And that brings out Malekith, who then watches Loki proceed to cut off Thor's hand. Mm. Apparently this yep. was supposed to be a theme with all the Phase 2 Marvel movies because of Empire Strikes Back, Luke loses his arm to Vader. Apparently this is a Star yeah. Wars heavy movie. Um, so all the Phase 2 movies were going to have somebody losing a limb. Iron Man lost a leg oh. in the last movie, but it was just from his suit in one quick scene. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only limb loss thing. I guess the whole movie is about people losing limbs and then regrowing it a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, completely. And then in this movie, Thor loses a, an arm for a second. Um, so apparently that's a theme they got going for all the movies because of this. So this was the moment to make that theme. Strictly for Phase 2? Yeah, just for phase two. What uh, does does the Winter Soldier get his arm? No, it's probably just because he has an arm that's a metal arm, right? Because his arm is gone. Yeah, because I remember this one point where his arm gets ripped off, but I can't remember when. Oh, okay. Doesn't it get ripped off in one of the movies? I don't remember. Maybe in like oh, I think in Civil War. Anyway, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, so apparently maybe... this was just a theme thing. I didn't even notice it until I think it was this movie when people started talking about it, like, oh, this is a thing. I was like, weird, okay. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so um, Thor appears to lose his arm, which then makes Malika think he has the upper hand, so then he tries to pull the ether <laughs> out of Is that Jane. a pun? <laughs> yeah, the upper hand. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls the ether out of Jane because he's all power hungry, and while the ether's floating around there, Thor goes, no! And then yep. uh, <laughs> Loki just pulls back the illusion, I guess, and Thor tries to use his hammer to shock the ether into nothingness, which doesn't do anything. But yeah, it just cr- makes it all turn to, like, shards of metal or glass, and then yeah. it all reforms. Um, oh, this moment reminded me of Harry Potter when she was having to think, like, uh, when Malekith was trying to take it out the of The necklace. Her. Yeah, the necklace, exactly, yes. the Horcrux. Yes. Reminded me exactly of that. I mean, like, right. there's probably only so many ways that you can have somebody absorb something out of a, out of a body, but... It just totally reminded me of that. Just actually, like the whole like slow mo and gotta yeah. correct you there, nerd alert, but it's actually not a Horcrux. That was the pendant in the Half Blood Prince, and that was the pendant that Draco. Oh, it wasn't a Horcrux. He was trying to get her to take it to Albus Dumbledore. Right. It was just a cursed. Yeah. It was cursed, and she happened to just touch it very briefly on with the gloved hand, which then just made her. And in the in the book, she just kind of starts spazzing. But in the movie, they have that really awesome shot where she's floating mm-hmm. in the air and she's got it's this great ghostly, visual. like, scared kind of scream. Yeah. And I, that's exactly what I was thinking about while watching this movie, too. So it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's why we do this podcast together. So, so we, we can talk, can about, talk about one movie while referencing other movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, yeah, then Thor fights some big hulking dude thing, whatever it's called. Isn't it Al Gore? Al Gore. Yeah, yeah he that's, fights that's Al Gore. His name. That's his name. Is Al Gore. Yeah. He fights Al Gore, and then... we can't get in trouble for saying that, right? Like we can use his name. Sure. Al Gore. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. There's plenty of Al Gores out there. It doesn't have to be the one Al Gore. 
True. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Thor fights Al Gore, and um, unfortunately he's gonna die. But then out of nowhere comes Loki to save the day. Yay! And then Thor gets an endearing kind of farewell brother as Loki dies. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Right. And this is another moment for Thor because he just lost his mother, and we actually forgot to mention the funeral scene. I totally forgot to mention that. But, oh right. Which yeah. I do that's really like. like. A... That's like a... Is that a typical Viking funeral? I believe so, yes. Like Norse? Very yeah. Norse Viking funeral, but done up in Asgard, which is really interesting. I just, I love that scene. I think it's great. It reminds me of Rivendell. It's hard mm. for a movie to make me think of Lord of the Rings, but somehow Thor seems to get me to Lord of the Rings sometimes. It, it does it really mm. well, so I like it. Um, I can. I know what you mean. There's some sort of like... There's enough of that medieval aspect Yeah. that's there, but it's also like a pitch... It's picturesque Yes. at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I that scene like that when... Funeral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just it's so nice when she's just floating down that stream, and but like it, it's just on each side of the stream is tons of people with uh, whatever kind of illuminated thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, what I thought was really cool was as soon as it hits, as soon as her like Frigga's boat or whatever, yep. her grave boat hits the like touches the edge of the waterfall, and then Odin slams his. Um, Oh, trident yeah <laughs> whatever his staff yeah and then all of a sudden like the the boat is able to just like keep going yeah. like go off i actually thought that the ship was it it was going to just keep going kind of like into nothing right um which i to me would have been more of uh i think i might have liked that more but this makes more sense for it to like the spirit itself to kind of be um dispersed into this into space i guess right um yeah, that makes more sense. I don't know why I would have liked the other one more. Maybe just like picturing, like later on, they just see like a like a whole bunch of um, ships, kind of just like like those grave ships that are just like passing by. Then like like oh yeah, that's from the Viking funeral. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one was from twenty one A D. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I do like that scene, and then this here with loki dying is also just another loss for thor so these are the two losses that then i think reinvigorate him to then come back and and stop malekith on earth um i don't know if he necessarily needed them but they are sad enough to get him there to that place Mm -hmm. um but before we get him back onto earth uh thor and jane have to enter a cave not know where they are or how to get back to earth at all and lo and behold the plot kicks in and tells them that jane's cell phone is here in a cave yep and then they're able to just teleport back to Earth. Oh, you know, I think... <coughs> bless you. I'm not sure why I wrote that my Act 3 started when they got on the Dark Elf planet, but I feel like I should have changed it to after their fight. Like, after yeah. Loki so-called dies. So Yeah, I end it right after yeah. the fight. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, so, so, ignore right, me. So, yeah, Jane, Jane and Thor then take that portal, and we get to see Loki as a guard walking off in the foreground for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my end of yeah. act two. So okay. it's a bit of a shorter act, but it's just how it is. Yeah. Mine was a bit shorter as well, but yeah. okay. All right. Well, let's move into act three, which I like to call it came from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> mine is called almost Ragnarok. <laughs> it is very similar. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Except for not I, as fun. I find that in the, yeah. In the third act, there's all, there are a lot more moments when they're just trying to have like some random humor mm-hmm. and i feel like yeah that would have been like some of the moments just remind me of like how well it was done in ragnarok so that's just yeah. why yeah yeah one son who wanted the throne too much 
and another who will not take it. Is this my legacy? Loki died with honor. I shall try to live the same. Is that, is that not legacy enough? It belongs to you. If you are worthy of it, I shall try to be. I cannot give you my blessing, nor can I wish you good fortune. I know. If I were proud of the man my son has become, even though I could not say it, it would speak only from my heart. Go, my son. Thank you, Father. No, thank you. Loki's just got double lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> dual. He's got his dual wielding green lightsabers. <laughs> That'd be That'd cool. Be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I do. I think it's an endearing little speech that Odin gives to Thor, even though it is Loki. I think it's very much on par with Odin from the first Thor movie. I think it's mm. something he would say. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. The way that he's sitting on the throne at during that during that conversation, like that's not how Odin normally sits, right? No, it's a little different. Okay, so I guess like that's supposed to be a giveaway too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do like the moment where he says, like, oh, one son who, uh, who wanted the throne too much and the other will not take it. Is this my legacy? Yeah. And then like, Thor's like, Loki died with honor. It does show his face, like, reacting yeah, a little kind bit. Of, like, I do love that. It's like, taking oh, it back a bit. Yeah. 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 Loki's always surprised by how much Thor still cares about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so we've got, I'm just kind of speeding it up a little bit, but Darcy and Ian go to Dr. Eric Selvig's place at the retirement mm-hmm. community and they grab him and yep. this is where he actually gets his famous shirt on yes more clothes <laughs> um they rescue him from the old folks home uh you had the St- St- uh, stanley cameo that already happened um thor and jane come in from svartalheim and they come into earth and the whole gang gets back together this is actually kind of a nice moment where we get everyone back together in uh, jane's apartment the one thing i don't oh yeah I don't like about this is when Thor hangs up Mjolnir on like a little coat hanger. It like asks so, so many questions to me here. I know. Okay. And this is one of those moments to me or for me, which is like, they're trying to be humorous. Like, you know, he yeah. walks in and he just hangs the stuff up. Yeah. And of all things, he hangs up the hammer. Like why? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I, I just feel like he'd probably have a holster for his hammer. And also like, how much does his hammer weigh? I, I never know. Like, is that one moment in the first movie where he puts it on Loki's chest to weigh him down? And then it's like, there's also an Avengers when like the Hulk is like dragging it and like, it's like, it's so heavy, but it's also in an aircraft carrier. So it's not yeah. going through the metal of the aircraft carrier, but the Hulk can't pick it up. And, and then also earlier, Al Gore was able to just like whack it away really easily. Yeah. Like, it's, like, yeah. Like, does he set the weight to his hammer? That's that's my guess is like, he sets it to zero pounds and then puts it on the hanger, you know? Because it I looks like it hangs so. like a movie prop in that moment. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then he's got that <laughs> that moment with Eric where he's telling him um, that Loki's dead. Oh, yeah. And then Loki's actually, dead. oh, my God. Thank God. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. Eric's actually really good in this movie. Yeah, I really enjoy Eric. I don't know why. I think, like, his, um, uh, his craziness, like, his character makes sense, I think. And he's a, he's a good person. To, I feel like it's more... It'd be more relevant just having him be the one to connect like all the things that are happening than to have Darcy and the intern yes. and uh, um, yeah. and Jane combined. Like, he's he's pretty much the three of them. Yeah. Other than the fact that like, yeah, like Thor loves Jane, but yeah, we we don't need to have the rest of them be there 
for for figuring all this stuff out when that's pretty much like that's eric's whole character the i whole agree movie. so it's just kind of yeah and his whole like fatherly presence for jane in the first movie is not as present here and i really do like that angle i wish it was more of that in this movie too where he takes more of a fatherly role like you hurt her once you know like i don't want you around her again you're gonna hurt her again kind of thing like yeah. i wish they actually played more into that then you almost have like an odin not wanting thor and jane to be together and then eric not wanting thor and jane to be together then you have like these mm. parallels on earth and asgard but anyways yeah. that's fine um the gang's back together they talk about greenwich that's where they need to go because the convergence is happening remember the convergence from the beginning of the movie that well, convergence, it's happening yes. the planets are aligning the titans are going to escape and so the convergence is going to land them perfectly in greenwich i don't know why but yeah. it is so something about the convergence did it remind me of uh that it reminded me of an agents of shield episode or one of the avengers movies i think it's just this like giant ship crashing down on uh like it's just causing all this chaos in the middle of like a downtown city or whatever i guess it's similar to infinity war where the giant ship comes to new york again and then just aliens start coming down oh, okay probably yeah actually probably. same with the first avengers i guess a lot of giant ships yeah <laughs> um anyway so then the when the portals start showing up all around the city yeah um because of the convergence this is interesting because this reminds me a lot of of endgame the portals look very similar to the endgame portals i don't oh, know if, they? i don't know if they're supposed to be I, I i'm not sure but i and i don't remember totally what the endgame portals look like but when i see these portals i'm like oh these look like the same kind of portals like are you talking about the portals when they when they come back yeah like for yeah the last when people fight? come back in the last fight yeah it reminds me of those kinds of portals they're very similar oh okay i don't know maybe i'm wrong i just thought it was very similar looking with portals there could be yeah definitely some influences like i don't see why they wouldn't have some influences you know people like to have easter eggs and stuff like that um oh one thing I, that i was gonna mention earlier which i thought was kind of weird but i guess we have to have it that like when uh when malekith absorbs like reabsorbs the ether he gets darker right <laughs> like his, his skin goes darker and yeah it's, i don't know there's just weird aesthetics about this movie that seem kind of unnecessary i might just be maybe i'm just being picky because of that but something like that it almost like i guess they need to find a way to make him look a little bit more menacing and because he was more like he like the elves are like white right so yeah the dark elves are white uh, yeah so i guess they <laughs> yeah so i guess they need him they need him to be darker just to uh, uh, exude the name a bit more i don't know well, it's this... almost like thor fights the boss and then the boss turns into his final form you know i think it's what they're trying to do it's very video game logic it's like he gets sucks up the ether and becomes even harsher or something yeah right yeah <laughs> turns anyway. into the ravaged or whatever they're called no it was the, the cursed 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 with the k yes the mortal curse the fucking um so then giant fight ensues in the city <laughs> on earth <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't yeah. like this fight very much you got like the humans running around like we gotta set up portals and you got like darcy and ian with like jokes of setting up portals and like screwing up where they're setting the portals they accidentally like spawn in the the frost beast thing from the first thor it looks like i think it's supposed yeah. to be that same beast yeah so i think it is too the movie yeah he comes uh in. and then yeah so the way that they use they construct her like switching people all over the place like another another set of moments to me that are just like failed attempts at humor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like yeah it was i agree these, yeah it was annoying because then it just like i feel like because of that it disconnects the whole fight 
So, like, we want to see more of Thor kind of, like, taking on uh, Malekith and then the rest of the army. But in the meantime, like, every other scene, then we we end up watching, like, humans get transported one place or another. And then, then we have to go back to see Thor and then back to the humans. And it's just, like, it's very... Uh, I don't know. It's just... I, I would much prefer having just, like, uh, like seamless fights or um, more fluid scenes rather than having to focus, like, on one set of people, then back to another, then to the main ones and back to another. And it's just it's just a bit too much for me. I agree. It reminds me of Dragon Ball Z, where, like, Goku's about to fight Frieza, and then it'll cut to, like, Bulma or something, or it'll cut to, like, mm. Gohan, and they're, like, not doing anything that has to do with the fight at the moment, but they just want to break up the fight a little bit, so it's not just the fight. But I would so yeah. much rather just see the fight. I'm just not really interested yeah. in the other things going on. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, we know it's happening, so just show it to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just a lot yeah. of it going on right now, and that's why I think it should have ended in Asgard instead of Earth. I just find this whole Earth fight to be quite boring. Um, yeah. But then, also, I don't really even understand... So, Thor is supposed to fight Malekith, but Malekith is too strong. So then Thor uses Eric Selvig's advice of, you know, even though the Aether is immortal... Malekith is not, so you need to do something to Malekith. And I was like, wasn't that what he was already doing to Malekith? But I, I don't know. And then he just decides <laughs> to throw the tripod things into Malekith to transform him, which is interesting. I don't mind that because it's Thor using the Earth technology worth the Earthlings to then destroy the threat from Earth, I guess. Right. I guess. It's using power and brains. Mm, yeah. I don't know what if I yeah I don't know if I have an opinion on that I think I maybe watching the first time I thought like oh that's that's a I guess like it's seemingly smart way to get rid of somebody who is immortal yeah if that's the case um and then I guess this also touches on your dismembering theme that you were talking about oh yeah uh oh I okay so maybe this is like similar to the whole humor aspect but i liked the i like how mjolnir had to keep like switching right. directions yeah. to try to figure out where to where to find thor yeah i like that yeah, i think that, that cool. made sense to me yeah yeah um what else i mean <laughs> he he sends malekith back to what's it called svartalheim and then it looks like thor and jane are about to die from the gigantic ship crashing which again i think is really weird i can't exactly remember the moment here but it was something strange about how thor and jane were lying there because i was feeling like it's just my opinion but i felt like if thor got hit with that thing he wouldn't die like i just felt like that wouldn't destroy him no probably not but i think just the impact kind of just you know concussed him or just like knocked him out enough to just to so he'd have to he'd need to uh, take some time to recover maybe i guess yeah i guess yeah. so yeah so i mean he was like at the uh like what's the what's gunpoint he was at ground zero that's what you call it that's true he was at ground zero when that impact happened right so yeah i guess yeah and then lo and behold eric saves the day by using the teleporter and sends yeah. the whole ship. fully clothed eric yeah fully clothed eric he sends yeah. the whole ship back to Spartalheim to destroy Malekith. Yeah. And, and Malekith yeah, says something it? like, oh crap, I don't know, something. He says he says a couple words that almost seem like very neg- negligible just before the ship crashes on him. I regret my actions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am so sorry for all that I have done. Please forget. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so after Eric saves the day, then the day is saved, and Thor gets returned to Asgard. Yippity day! Yippity day! To not claim the throne again. Yes. Yeah, and we get that scene that we reenact earlier on, where Odin then tells him that he'll make a good king, but he's mm-hmm. not king yet. Not yet. <laughs> but you're not king yet. yet. <laughs> And then, yeah, we find out that it's actually Loki who has won the Game of Thrones. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and a Thor, and a Loki Thor, and a Loki Thor, and a Loki Thor. Yeah, my last note is Odin is Loki. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my last note was Loki has won the Game of Thrones. Nice. Yeah, um, that's all. This is a point now where I will explain that my subtitle to this movie, and my alternate title, is Ooh. Thor 2... A Loki Thor movie, but Loki <laughs> is Loki. Ah, Aha. I, I like it <laughs> because it wasn't super much like a Thor movie. It was just a Loki Thor movie. So it's Thor okay. two, a Loki Thor movie. Cool. I guess if I were to put some sort of name to it, I would call it uh, Thor and Earth's Nerdiest Heroes. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, yeah, that's about it. We get an after the credit scene. We get two, but the other one's kind of boring. Just shows the frost giant kind of jumping around. Um, we get. Oh, after... is this the first time we've seen two credits or two post credit scenes? I think so. Yeah, in I a think movie. So. I think yeah, yeah. Weird, weirdly enough, I like knew there was going to be two as well. Like I watched the first one, I was like, "There's another one after this." So I like kept watching. Okay, well, because they always put one at the end. So if you see one earlier, then you're likely going to see like, that's at true. least one more at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. But we get a good one here with the collector. And uh, it's, mm, we get to yeah. see the collector for the first time, which is very interesting. We have Benicio del Toro as yes. the collector, which is a good I, choice. I really like him as yeah, the he's collector. he's very good. He's not in the movies much, but he's good enough. No. And yeah. yeah, true. He's good enough. We get the Asgardians making a really weird choice of telling him exactly what they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just say, like, hey, we want to hide this Infinity Stone here. And then he's all like, why? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, let me tell you why we have one already, so we want to give you one. And yeah. I was like, what? That's like the dumbest Asgardians in the world. Like, <laughs> give them any other reason other than like we've already got an Infinity Stone with us. Come and get yeah. it, by the way. Um, yeah. And we want to give you this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just let us know when you want it because we're gonna have yeah. one, and that way, that way, after you get it, then you'll have two. <laughs> and predictably, yeah. when they leave, he's all like. One down. Four more to go. Five, or five more to go. Yeah. Five to go. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, you know where one of them is. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyways, that was interesting. I do like that. It sets up the Infinity Stones plot, and that's the whole point of this MCU, so I really do like it. The Infinity mm-hmm. Saga. I wish that there were kind of a... Uh... Yeah, like, again, like, if we had some other scene within the movie where... Um... Like, we could have the reveal that those are the Infinity Stones. I think I'd prefer that more. So, say, for example, like, um, maybe not so much in passing, but in a conversation between, say, like, somebody from, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy with somebody else um, that could be related to Thanos, that uh, I guess one of them says, like, oh, um, you should have you should have tried to get a hold of... Uh, the infinity stone when malekith was you when like he was stealing the ether or something like that mm-hmm. you know like re- reference reference what's happening with the infinity stone while it's in some sort of other form right because i think that would have been a little bit more fun to try to figure like oh like so that was something else i get it right um because then that would also make me 
I would feel like that would lead me to believe that there's more to it than the stones, and then that's something more to look forward to. Right. Rather than having this teaser that's just like, okay, by the way, we have now shown you two stones, and you're going to see five or four more because the collector just said he's got one and there's five to go. It's yeah. kind of just like a very, like, um, I don't know what the, what the phrase is. It's just like, you know, shoving it down your throat. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just I don't know why like I feel like this whole this whole movie I just I was so picky about a lot of stuff and I'm not really I sure was why too. yeah and I think it's because lo- there's a lot in this movie I wanted to like I get picky yeah. when I am liking something but not loving it yeah and that's exactly what it is in this movie there was a lot I liked in this movie and a lot I didn't like and mm-hmm. when I liked it I, w- I wanted it to be better and because I wanted it to be better I just have so many things to nitpick I'm like this one yep. made it better than that one made it better than that otherwise it's iron man 3 and i just give up <laughs> yeah well exactly or the incredible yeah. hulk <laughs> right yeah um so now that we're done the film we're gonna go into some post-film questions cool Anthos, what is your worst character oh my worst character oh that's okay jane <laughs> Mm. I'm just yeah, I'm just yep. sticking to Jane for sure. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I just I really <laughs> don't like Jane. I mean, I don't like Darcy either, but Jane's just there's more going with her and uh yeah. I need her to be better, unfortunately. So I agree with you. Worst character. Yeah. I think her mind is just kind of it's just in so many places at once that it doesn't give me time to to get on board with what it is that she's trying to achieve or like what she cares about. I or, agree. You know, all those different things, yeah. Uh, okay, well then, yeah. contrast that. What is your best character? Okay, it's a toss-up. I'm gonna go with... Oh, jeez. Oh. Okay, I'm just gonna go with Heimdall. Ah. It was a toss-up between Heimdall and Eric, to be honest. Like, they had very minimal scenes, but I mm. think... Like, I mean, of course I really liked Loki, but for me... Uh, for me, Heimdall and Eric, like a lot of what they were going through and what they did, it just like it really made sense. Yes, for you me agree to with see all the like, actions? yeah, like for for them as like their character, like and as part of the story too, they they made sense to me. Well, I, yeah. I, I mine was also going to be Heimdall, but since he said it, I'll go with Loki. Um, and okay. I'll agree with you though. But yeah, it's uh, Loki's pretty dang good throughout this movie, and I think it's the only reason yeah. why I do really like this movie is because of how good he is in this. Yeah um okay uh which question do you want to ask um which one did we do last time i I feel like the the... sequel one yeah okay uh how does movie rate as a bigger piece of a bigger picture like how comics are pieces of arcs how much of a role does this play in the larger mcu so the post-credit scene to me seems to like play more of a part than the rest of the movie in terms of like the rest of the mcu only because like we're introduced to the infinite or we're we're now told that there are two infinity stones available uh mm, i don't know i feel like for me this one didn't it didn't close a lot of like it didn't open and close a lot of questions and it didn't give way for for me to want to see like oh what else is going on right which is which is what i would probably get from a comic you know like i would um the comic starts and if it's like a like the first the first issue of an arc i would 
uh, get an idea of kind of what's going on and then sort of what to expect. But this one, I'm not, I'm not getting that. Not from this movie. Yeah. I'd agree with you there. I mean, it's really only the Captain America reference and then the Infinity Stone stuff at the end. Other than that, it's, it doesn't really broaden the universe as much. Yeah. So yeah, I'd agree with you on that. It's, it's kind of lacking in that, but it doesn't mean that that's bad. It just, it doesn't have much of that. Mm Hmm. Yeah. It could just kind of stand alone as a movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, final thoughts uh well watch it if you have to <laughs> um, <laughs> i agree but i don't know i guess for me it's a background movie um it's funny that like i was probably as focused on it as i was with the previous movies that we've been watching you know and i've been taking notes during all the movies too but with this one i was it was easy for me to stay on track with writing my notes, whereas some of the other movies I would kind of get lost and in the forget, movie, like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm supposed to be taking some notes because exactly. I was enjoying the movie so much more. Yeah. But, yeah. This one was, this like, one. beat, 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 like, plot point, plot point, beat, plot point. Like, it just, it, everything was just, like, falling into place. And, uh, yeah. that's not good because I'm analyzing it so much because it's just so movie-like and not, or not, like, I'm not getting lost in the movie at all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, then, uh, Anthos, uh, well, let's just tell the audience, thanks for listening to the podcast, and be sure to catch us next on our Marvel movie episode, Captain America Winter Soldier. Cool. Wait, you said let's thank, so does sh- should I be thanking them too, or do we do it at the same time? Yeah, you should also thank them. Okay. Well, thanks, and thanks. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our rants. And raves. About uh, rants and raves of picking apart Thor... Thor going to the dark world on Earth because it is not what the title seems and it's not the best representation of an MCU movie, but it's there. So that's that. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, thanks everybody. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>